like like my whole like not liking like Disney princesses or not that I don't like them, but being freaked out by like park Disney princesses and other like characters extends into clowns. <laughs> so this part definitely freaked me out a little bit. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these are some stunning pieces. Welcome to the Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm a wooden soldier who also cracks nuts, Spencer Williams. <laughs> Hi, Spencer. How was your week? <laughs> oh, thanks for asking, Elizabeth. It's been great. Not feeling great, but I mean, I don't know. I'm feeling fine. Feeling fine. Are, are you getting to the festive spirit? I'm getting into the festive spirit. I was just in Disneyland. I was at a bunch of events, so probably where I got sick in the first place. But like, I'm feeling festive. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing my best watching Christmas movies to keep myself peppy, peppy spirits up. Yeah, so I'm I'm ready to crack some nuts. Good, good. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, after our conversation last week, I actually went out and got some more Christmas gift shopping done. <laughs> Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> like after so you're we, done already. Almost. I got more today. I, I One of those like flash sales that like Instagram markets to you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I was like, oh, this would be perfect for this person. Yeah. <laughs> so I got them a gift. Uh, yeah. So I've been shopping and watching documentaries. Oh. I've watched like five documentaries in the past week. Oh, that's fun. I... Oh, you know what I watched? I was I loved. I don't know if you've seen yet, but I watched Miss Marvel finally, and I watched She Hulk, and it's so good. Both of them. I've been watching documentaries because I've like I took on like basically like a freelance job, so like I like need background stuff. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't feel like rewatching anything. I wanted to like absorb something new, so I've been putting on documentaries. Because mm. they are easy to drown out sometimes, and you always know when something <laughs> dramatic and important is happening in a documentary. <laughs> it's hard to miss. Um, but yeah, like I watched the Victoria's Secret one, which is wild. Oh, I've been wanting to watch that one. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I watched. I watched that. I watched the most hated man on the internet. Uh, a really wholesome one about Queen Elizabeth okay. on that geo. Lovely. A kind of strange one about Princess Diana on HBO. It wasn't strange. Uh, I, I didn't watch it, but I saw saw it on there. Just looking at me. It wasn't. It's worth. It's worth a. It's worth a watch. It's not super long. Huh. Well, that sounds like a mighty good time. I will check it out. Good. good. <laughs> There's. There's <laughs> you got very southern there. <laughs> There's a documentary on Netflix I've been eyeing. It's about um I think it's oh my gosh, I'm gonna sound stupid. I think it's ninety-nine, the the um Woodstock that happened, I think in ninety nine. I watched that, that like, one too. Did you? <laughs> I I've been wanting to watch that one where it like it completely fails. Oh my gosh, it was so good. It was <laughs> so good. It had like MTV people who were covering it for mtv we're on the documentary the woodstock guy um he was they interviewed him shortly before he died so he's in the documentary mm. yeah it, that was excellent 
So if you're looking for any documentaries to get yourself into the Christmas spirit, come to Spencer and Elizabeth. We have all the cheerful. We stuff got. For you. Oh, there there was one very cheerful one I watched about cats on Netflix. Oh, I I did watch the trailer for that, <laughs> and I remember thinking Elizabeth would really like this documentary. I loved it. <laughs> Actually, I think it came on after I watched Jingle Jangle. And then, like, you know, how it shows, like, three things right after. It was yes. the cat documentary. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So. I love that. <sighs> you know what else I love, Spencer? The Nutcracker, for sure. The Nutcracker. Everybody, this week, we watched The Nutcracker and The Four Realms. Yes. Lots of fun. Uh, quite the stunning, visually beautiful film. Definitely, definitely. I remember when this came out, it was like a huge holiday release. And then I feel like I never heard about it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I like this is one of those films where like the costumes are so recognizable, though. Yes. I mean, I've literally seen a Kira Knightley costume multiple times in person. It pops up in like every cool Disney museum exhibition at this point. Oh, yeah, because it's a beautiful piece. And I feel like we should just jump into this. Spencer, give us a summary. All right. Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Clara needs a magical one of a kind key to unlock a box that contains a priceless gift. A golden thread leads her to the key, but it soon disappears into a strange and mysterious parallel world. In that world, she meets a soldier, some mice, and the regents who preside over three really cool realms. Clara must then enter a fourth realm to retrieve the key and restore harmony to the unstable land. And that is Nutcracker in the Four Realms. And it's Nutcracker in the Four Realms. If you have Disney Plus... You can watch this right now. Yeah. And you'll love it. You will love it. You will love it. Uh, so let's go behind the wardrobe. We have directors, Laze Hallstrom and Joe Johnston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love a Joe Johnston film. Our costume designer is 11-time Oscar nominee and three-time winner, Jenny Bevan. Whoa, 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 whoa. You will know her work <laughs> from Oscar winning A Room with a View. Oscar nominated Howard's End, Sense and Sensibility 1995 Oscar nomination, Ever After a Cinderella Story, for which we did an episode earlier this year, Anna and the King 1999 Oscar nomination, God's Ford Park Oscar nomination, Alexander, Sherlock, and A Game of Shadows, Mad Max Fury Road Oscar win, in which we also did an episode. <laughs> 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 the King's Speech Oscar nomination and Cruella, which was our very first episode and for which Jenny Bevan won her third Oscar. <laughs> we probably won't be doing any Jenny Bevan films for a little while. So get your fix now because we've almost gone through her entire filmography at this point. <laughs> ah, not quite. She's done a lot of films. All right. And she said to Brit and Co. about The Nutcracker and The Four Realms, a project like this is just amazing for a costume designer. The variety will provide some fantastic characters to costume. And she had some fantastical characters to costume. <laughs> and she said to Variety about working on this film, 
We were doing a lot of glue and sparkling glitter. We were doing a lot of glue and sparkling glitter. In fact, I had glitter all over my clothes for weeks after finishing the Nutcracker. I think we all sparkled. Oh, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I mean, I imagine Jenny Bevan's always sparkling regardless if she's working on the Nutcracker. That's just how I imagine her. I feel like she has that glowy energy where you meet her and you're just like, yes, this is a wonderful person. Right. Um, But despite all the fantasy, Jenny Bevan, known for her historical dramas, knew she had to root this in reality. She told the LA Times, we said it in 1875 for the basic story. You've got to have an anchor. When you do films where they say, I don't care about the period, and they're all over the place, I think even when people don't know the period, they know it's kind of wrong. Right. That's a really good point. It's definitely very believable, especially like, you know, in the regular victorian era world but then even in the fantasful world like it's very rooted in reality and uh they had the the time to make it that wonderful fantastically grounded in reality piece they had 12 week prep period Wow. More than 100 people working on cutting, embellishing, fitting, dressing. Uh, she estimates that the movie movie's principal actors had about 150 costumes, which included doubles, uh, plus hundreds more for the magical realm. Uh, they had about 700 rented costumes for big crowd scenes and 1,500 outfits about in total (laughs) this is like (laughs) such a typical jenny bevan film like a million and two costumes two gazillion employees (laughs) all of crazy talented jobs this is such a typical and like no better person to do this film than jenny bevan i'm sure they saw this work you know years later and they're like okay well we already know who's gonna do corella so this is just like the the pre-workout before corella yeah, absolutely. I've, is this the first Disney film she did? Um, or was I, that don't, I don't think Ever After was Disney. So think, this probably was like her first. Probably. They were clearly like, well, this is the woman who's going to do. Yeah. I mean, regardless, <laughs> they were like, we need Jenny Bevan. Get her on the phone. Stat. Get her here. We got to have her. <laughs> well, if that, Elizabeth, some amazing behind the wardrobe facts, as always, take a little break and when we come back we'll get into the nutcracker and eat sugar plums and stuff like that Ooh, eat my hair like cotton candy do you eat sugar plums i actually don't know what a sugar plum is now that you say that yeah i don't know what a sugar plum is <laughs> but maybe we will eat them after I need the to break google this now what is a what the fuck is a sugar plum we'll be right back What's up, costume nerds? This is Spencer, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume blogcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We greatly appreciate all the support. If you want to continue in your support, you can become a costume maven at patreon.com slash theartofcostume. 
There we post unheard bloopers, highlights, and bonus episodes for our costume mavens. You can even chat with other listeners and vote on future episodes. Head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume and subscribe now. to jump into the nutcracker oh yeah and it starts our favorite way spencer (laughs) with a ball with a christmas eve ball we meet clara and her family and i have to say every time i see matthew mcfadden in a role now it freaks me out because i can't see him as anything but his character in succession Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen Succession, but he looks so oh, familiar gosh. to me. Uh, yeah, he, he's in He's in a in a bunch of things. Um, we will probably at one point watch the Pride and Prejudice where he's Mr. Darcy, oh, which I'm sure. freaked me out when I realized he was the Mr. Darcy in that film. I love I, that Elizabeth says at some point, but she damn well knows it's already on her schedule. She just hasn't shown it to me yet. If I remember correctly, it is Oscar nominated for its costumes. Right. I'm not the biggest fan of that particular movie, mostly because I think the story of Pride and Prejudice is better suited to miniseries. The movie doesn't give enough time for the story to like breathe. So that's my personal problem, though. (laughs) What I love is that Clara is being played by Renesme herself. Right? (laughs) Right? And I'm not talking about the creepy Renesme doll. I'm talking about the actual actress from Breaking Dawn. (laughs) I love that this, like, little Renesme is actually, like, working and, you know. Is she still working? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's really working. It. Yeah. I sh- her last film was in 2020, so hopefully that was just like a pandemic like hopefully she has something else coming out cuz she's so good. Yeah, she's so talented, um so beautiful. I was like, where do, where have I seen her before? She's just like yeah. you could tell she's she needs to be in like a Tim Burton film. She has a Tim Burton-esque like look to her. She gives me like Ava Green a little bit. Um Yes so great in this film um but i really want to talk about her ball gown though that purple that lavender yes so stunning i was obsessed with it it was actually i will say possibly my one costume to rule them all it's definitely up there being juggled around like rightfully so this is a beautiful piece and it transitions really beautifully from the victorian world to this fantasy land. Uh, Jenny Bevan talked to Britt and Co. about it. Uh, she said, she's obviously not a particularly dressy girl, but I felt for the party, they were a family with wealth, so she would have had a proper dress. But the main thing I wanted was when she came out into the snow in the realms. It was extremely inappropriate to be dressed in such a gauzy flimsy dress because i loved those images and the sort of sort of idiosyncrasy of that which i'm like yes brilliant 
Yeah, I mean, it's like the typical, like, Alice in Wonderland, you know, popping out in, like, a huge ball gown, Chronicles of Narnia, and you're like, whoa, like, I need to change. Whoa, 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 whoa. back up. (laughs) But the colors still, like, perfectly work, though, as she blends into, like, the four realms. Yes, and Jenny Bevan actually talked about the color a little bit with Brit and Co. as well. She said, I think Disney wanted a new color. You know, they'd done the yellow dress for Belle and the blue dress for Cinderella. And I thought, well, that's a lovely idea. So they were like, okay, let's have something, something totally new yeah, for this new princess of theirs. That is such a good point. Like, there's only so many colors you could do when you're doing a Disney film like this. Like, mm-hmm. so this would have been the best choice, I'd say. Absolutely. And I love the amount of detail she puts into it, but it's still very simple and childlike. Right. And then she has to think about like when she's doing that ball scene in the beginning, she has to remember that this dress also has to look like work well in the four realms too. So she's costuming for two scenes at the same time. That is some crazy mind brain mind games right there. Absolutely. And she chose like the perfect purple Because, like, in the Victorian era, it's quite, it is lavender, but it's still quite rich and, you know, fits in quite well. But then when she goes into the four realms with the light changing, it turns into this, like, icy purple, which I didn't know was a thing until I saw this film. (laughs) But it's, like, an icy purpley color. She quickly meets all the four the three realms what guards they have to offer (laughs) (laughs) just a bunch of goofy soldiers a bunch of goofy soldiers but she does meet philip uh the nutcracker soldier and i love his costume it is so cool it's so cool. The embellishment on it is just so intricate and complex, mm-hmm. very rich and detailed. It, it really like brings you into this fantasy world, but still somehow feels like a little bit based in reality, too, though. Like you, it's recognizable. You know what she's doing while it still feels fantasy. Yeah, definitely. Because the idea that all of them are toys brought to life, it's like, OK, yeah, they all look, you know, 19th century Victorian toys. So they do have like that grounding in reality, which is like a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, I also I wonder if these are the gingerbread soldiers, Spencer. <laughs> the two, <laughs> the two palace are, guards. Elizabeth and I are confused because I could have sworn I read something about gingerbread soldiers, but it could also be COVID brain, so I could be making stuff up. But if if there were any, it would be some of these two soldiers. <laughs> these two that are guarding the gate are just so funny. Uh, it was so fun to <laughs> like, see Jack Whitehall. Um, he's such a oh. great comedian. Barely recognizable in that costume. They did a great job transforming these characters yeah. into like really like <laughs> campy, yeah, toy-like Toy-like. soldiers. Yeah, especially them because com- compared to... Oh gosh, I can't remember. Phila, they just, they look so goofy and simple. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but then we meet Sugar Plum, played by Kira Knightley in all her, her glory. (laughs) 
all of <laughs> this dress is so iconic, so famous. Yes. Like I said earlier, I've seen this dress so many times. I've like traveled and seen it at different exhibitions. It is stunning. It is beautiful. It is all that. Um, so many great colors and textures to it. And it works so perfectly with her hair. It's just like this is one of Jenny Bevan's greatest pieces she's ever done in her career. <laughs> Absolutely. And she talked about it to laughingpalace.com. She said, I think Sugar Plum, because we chose to do a look that actually sucked up vast amounts of fabric. And it was all hundreds of these little fans and then sort of flounced about. But what we hadn't quite realized was to get the amount of fabric it would eat up doing that and getting enough of the same fabric is always tricky. <laughs> yeah. she, she was like, once you go over 20 meters of fabric, she said they had to wait about six weeks just Jeez. to get the fabric. And she had to make two of them. Jeez, that yeah. I mean, just looking at it, like that is a craft ton of fabric. Yeah. I'm like, no wonder she only has one costume in this film. <laughs> yeah, because she we didn't have enough time to make her another one. No. Um, it's probably so heavy too, I bet. Oh, I bet. I mean, it looks like they have a good like cage underneath that. So hopefully that took like most of the weight off Kara Knightley, but yeah. definitely a weighty garment. <laughs> Such incredible costume. I will say, though, the Kira Knightley accent did not need to happen. What was that about, Elizabeth? I don't know. I think they were trying to make her, like, fairy-like. That, that's what I thought, especially once I saw the fairy wings. I was like, okay, she's supposed to be, like, a little fairy. Well, Whatever. I didn't like it. Clearly you didn't. And this is, like, the third time you brought it up. Um, <laughs> well, first time on microphone I brought it up. True. <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't like was when she started eating her hair. Oh, I must have missed that. <laughs> yeah, during the ballet scene. It was funny, but I was also like, that's your hair, girl. Is it made of con candy? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's that sounds really nice, actually. Yeah. I do actually love this wig. Like... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a Kira Knightley looks amazing, and we love Kira Knightley. She is great. I just didn't get the accent, but the costume and the hair is incredible. I also love that it's not like a purely pink dress. Oh, no, like, yeah. She could have made this bubblegum pink, it would not have had the same effect. No, especially when she was right next to Clara, who has that lavender dress on. Mm -hmm. Like, they had to, like, there had to be differentiation in the colors. Yeah. And then, like, once she turned evil, like, that would have just looked silly for her to be in, like, a pink dress. Yeah. I was also caught off guard by that. I was like, Sugar Plum, I believed in you. I was rooting for you, Sugar Plum. <laughs> right? Right? So How dare you? <laughs> so evil, but surrounded by so many good costumes. Yeah. And Jenny Bevan talks about the residents of the four realms to the LA Times. She said, we decided to think about what Clara's mother had in her closet or her cupboards. When I have nightmares or dreams, they're often anchored in something I've seen that day or something I have around. So we went to the sort of Staffordshire porcelain figures people would have. They're 18th century and they were perfect for the four, for the realm of flowers. It was translated brilliantly for all the realms. 
We covered them with ice and snow and sickles and frost and glitter. Covered them in candy and sugar and sweet motifs. So they're based on memories, which I'm like, I love that. Like, because those like little porcelain figures from the 18th century, they are very fanciful, like the residents of the four realms. And like, they have lots of like flower patterning on them. So I under, I understand why she was like, yeah, the flowers. And then they could translate that into all these other realms. Yeah. The, the citizens of the four realms stunning i mean like every single costume is just covered in flowers and like such beautiful silhouettes and the hair is big it like reminds me all of like the alexander mcqueen dress that has like the flower the purple flowers on it and like Mm -hmm. kind of like grapes uh, inspired like vineyard inspired it's 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 very high fashion Absolutely. But they had to go to some strange places to get everything they needed for these costumes. Uh, Jenny Bevan told TheLaughingPalace.com, Of course, you can get amazing things in shop display stores that sell stuff to do with window dressings. We were just out finding anything we could to just find ideas. And from those ideas came those costumes. I had as much fun in fact, with Hawthorne and Shiver, as I did with Sugar Plum. They don't end up on screen for as long, but to me, they're just as important. Oh, yeah. So, first off, we have Shiver, played by one of our favorites, Richard E. Grant. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Very unrecognizable. No. Um, I love his costume. It's so cool. The icicle work mm-hmm. with like the the icicle collar. Like yes. this is so cool. This is like Jack Frost wishes he looked this yeah. good. Jack Frost does wish he looked this good. Um, she talked to the Laughing Palace more about his look. She said, finding the most extraordinary piece of cutwork fabric that felt to me, it was like the pattern of that ice makes on windows you know when you do get a real frost and you get those extraordinary geometric patterns on the windows and those came together and i thought oh that might be the way to go and it's like i didn't even notice that this was like cutwork fabric until i like you close up see i thought it was like a brocade but no I didn't realize that either. Uh, There's just so much happening in this film that's so... Visually, this is a perfect film, and there's so much to look at that's so exciting that you miss even, like, small details. So you gotta really watch a second time, I don't know, listen to, like, a really good costume design podcast Mm -hmm. to really get all the great details. (laughs) You do, you do. And same goes for Hawthorne. So, like with Shiver, she did lots of research... Uh, as she explained to the Laughing Palace, she said, I think it all came from various research, looking up fairy tale illustrations from the 19th century. And some people like Alexander McQueen, who did amazing things. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> with, I never think of them as fashion. I think of them as a sort of sort of works of art, really. Lots of flowers. I think it was probably the flowers that got me going first okay so you called it spencer (laughs) 
Not to brag, but I really feel like I'm in Jenny Bevan's head right now. I think you it's because are. we've done so many Jenny Bevan episodes. I'm just really, I'm really up in there right now. <laughs> I think so. And I love Hawthorne. He has this like great, like embroidered fabric. Oh, like yeah. all the detail is beautiful. It's and so good. And shout out to like the hair design team because they also like really carry their part in this film. The Hawthorne's hair, stunning. Stunning. And Jenny Bevan talked about her collaboration to the Laughing Palace. She said, it's Jenny Sirko who did the hair and makeup on this film. She did. She and I get along brilliantly. I think this was our finest collaboration. We have worked together before, but we were just so in tune. The very early days in pre-production, we asked if we could have three actors come in, extras really, who we could just dress up to see if they were working. And that was really exciting. They came in early and we dressed them up. And then Jenny did this amazing makeup and hair. And that was the beginning of it. And what we learned from that day, we could refine it. And it was absolutely a brilliant collaboration. And to be honest, it's the pair of us together that make it look good. Wow. So her name is also Jenny. It's just two (laughs) flawless Jennies doing flawless work. (laughs) Flawless work. And I love that that she acknowledges like, hey, it's not just me. It's it's Jenny Shearcore as well. Yes, the icons. The absolute icons. Also an absolute icon, we have Clara in her pageant gown. Oh, yeah, that was such a great one. Uh, so beautiful, very regal. Like, she she is definitely the queen's daughter. Absolutely. Um, honestly, she should just be queen at this point. Yeah. Um, but, like, very regal, very um, put together. It almost, like felt like out of this world you know like it felt like very based in reality this queen look she had on i agree i agree and jenny talked to brit and co about this look she said the pageant dress that is a really cool dress with the lace and the sleeves it flows it has this long train it's got this flowery pattern it was one of those dresses when you're a little girl you wish you could wear a really crazy fancy dress. That's that dress. <laughs> Which it's true. This is kind of like a little girl's fantasy. And I wasn't because I had seen this picture before of her and Sugar Plum in the mirror. And I wasn't crazy about it because it feels very heavy on her. But also it's like that's Sugar Plum like forcing her into this role to kind of like manipulate her. So it yeah. makes sense. But then when you see the whole thing with the train, oh my gosh, it's stunning. Yeah, it's like really giving the crown. Um, And it is funny too, because Sugar Plum is giving serious red flags, but none of us are catching it because she's so cotton candy and like the pink and plum colors. Mm -hmm. But she's serving real red flags. (laughs) She is. She absolutely is. Especially during the ballet with this just beautiful ballerina playing her mother and like it's just like the perfect white ballet dress the wig matches perfectly this is like such a good look oh yeah i was blown away and i was just like 
damn, Jenny Bevan also had to do like a full on ballet production. Yeah. Like, it's insanity. It's insanity. I loved the mouse costumes. Very cute. So cute. <laughs> but but the ballerina, I was just like, man, for like what's basically a featured extra, stunning. Yeah. So stunning. Good. Uh and guess what, Spencer? What? There are more stunning looks to come after uh, our break. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> Hi, this is Dan, audio engineer of the Blogcast, here to let you know that if you wanted to support the show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy some awesome TeePublic merch with the Blogcast logo. We have shirts, sweaters, coffee mugs, stickers, and of course, a baby onesie. Thank you for all of your support. to tell you that I really don't understand the Nutcracker story. <laughs> Not this film, but just all Nutcrackers. And I'll tell you why. Because my only introduction to the Nutcracker was this 1999 film called The Nuttiest Nutcracker. And it had to do with like vegetables and fruit and mice. And that's, that's all I know. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, Spencer. I don't really understand it either. Um, I think it is the route of like <laughs> Alice in Wonderland where like this is maybe like a fever dream. Okay. That like in the actual like ballet. I don't know about the story. Yeah. I forget, I don't know if it's based off like a novel or it might be based off a poem, the ballet. I it's I think it's like a eighteen ninety something. I don't know if it's a novel or a play. What I'm getting at is I've never read it. I've only saw the VHS tape of this VeggieTales based Nutcracker <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> fever dream that I've seen. The only other complete Nutcracker film I've watched is Barbie and the Nutcracker. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that so let's really... all stop pretending like we know what's <laughs> happening here because we don't. <laughs> we don't. I remember as a kid going on a field trip. Too. I think it was like a college. We got to like sit in on their like rehearsal of the Nutcracker. During, I don't know. It was a it was a weird field trip. I remember. Oh. Um, that sounds lovely though. Yeah, yeah you this know is the nuttiest Nutcracker. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what is lovely is Clara in her her military dress. <laughs> yes, this is such a good look. Like Clara's taking you know, the kingdom into her own hands. She's now the military leader. It's time to get things done around here because clearly everyone else is just fine with sitting around and being lazy. Yeah. But not Clara. Not Clara. She's going to go get that key and look good doing it. I just, I love how it was so tailored to her. The colors, like, echo kind of the other soldiers, but is very distinctive to her yeah it it looks great on her 
Um, it's still very feminine too at the same time. Um, I love the length of the skirt. It's just such a great jacket too. It looks great on her. It is a beautiful, beautiful piece. What was also beautiful, Spencer? We have clowns. I love the clowns. They might have been my favorite character. They were so creepy. But then at the same time, the details on their costumes, I was mesmerized. Gorgeous. I agree. They, I'll be honest, I was a little scared. Yeah. Because, like, my thing with, like, people in suits extends to clowns. Right. <laughs> So I, I can was, imagine someone with a clown phobia not liking these scenes. <laughs> yeah, like like my whole like not liking like Disney princesses or not that I don't like them, but being freaked out by like park Disney princesses and other like characters extends into clowns. <laughs> so this part definitely freaked me out a little bit. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, but these are some stunning pieces. Oh, yeah. They're so cool. They're so interesting. Each one of the clowns, like, has their own personality, too. Like, they're very... I would love to know the research behind, like, these certain clown characters. Because you could tell, like, they're very referenced, um, very old-fashioned clowns. Very spooky. Very, very spooky. Also spooky, Mother Ginger, played by Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren! She's creepy. And she I like can it. Be. Yeah. yeah, I Helen Mirren is like one of my favorite actresses and she kills it every time. And I love her like her military dress. It's like it it's this just like layering of like all these different patterns. Like I don't think any piece of her clothing has the same pattern as the other one. No. <laughs> or same color, but it works. It's very cool, like resembles like the giant almost, I, I want to say circus tent, but it's not a circus tent, but it gives circus vibes. But yeah. then like her look almost like resembles that tent and it's made of what looks like to me upholstery fabrics, like lots of like curtain based fabrics in her look, which even has the little tassels hanging off the end too. It's she's giving upholstery expensive curtain. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, she could have been a little more uh, gentle with Clara. She came off very strong. Right. She was, was like, like not the villain, but she was really giving strong villain vibes. I would have yeah. been confused too. It's like clearly this this little girl, this little girl <laughs> does not know what's going on, Mother Ginger. Maybe like reel it in a little bit and be like, this is what's really going on. We all need to have a sit down meeting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And she gets that sit down meeting when mother ginger helps her overthrow sugar plum. I loved this final look. Yeah, this, this is such an underrated look where the sense that like, this is up there with Sugar Plum's look. It is so cool. Yes. It takes that upholstery curtain vibe, but like so much, all of a sudden it's very couture. Alexander McQueen's silhouette again, where you see all the tassels, but like billows out into these peniers at the side. Yes. It is strong. This is high fashion costuming. And I love, it's like the same like jacket she was wearing before. But just with like a skirt instead of pants. And I love that the skirts like replicate the the circus tent. 
And, like, she's got this fabulous collar, this beautiful wig. Like, she is given all the looks. And she's just, like, is bright and radiant now. Like, she's giving, like, the sun energy. She's very bright and positive. Like, this is the leader we were all looking for. Not the two, like, dummies behind her who (laughs) have great costumes but really did nothing to help us in this story. I love when Clara apologizes and Mother Ginger is like, it's it's fine. Nobody else listened to me either. All the people who should have known better didn't listen to me either, so you're good. Don't worry, I got these two dummies behind me. Looks back at Icicle Head and Flower Beard and she's like... (laughs) (laughs) She's like... And they, really? they're like, I feel like they're like putting their hands over their faces, like yeah. not me. Say we want about Sugar Plum, but at least she had like a mission and cared about her job. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and then we have Clara's final gown, this beautiful light up piece. Oh, so good! I felt like tearing up when I saw this piece. Like, and it's not in the film long enough. It's not in the film long enough for how brilliant this is. And she talked about this gown to the Laughing Palace. She said, well, I have to say that one of our Disney producers was really keen on the idea of the light up thing. And I thought, well, that's really good fun. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it was Ikea Christmas decoration lights. And I think... They digitally enhanced them, but we took them and sewed them into the costume in patterns. It just sort of felt right. Isn't it just a fantastic little thing? She's in this extraordinary world. And I thought, well, that's a nice idea. But it wasn't mine. It was one of our Disney producers. (laughs) (laughs) I love how modest Jenny Bevan is and how quickly she gives credit to like whoever came up with the idea right you think like by the way she talks she like doesn't even do much but we all know that this (laughs) this legend is just out here working hard and she's like oh well you know it was this person it was that person and i just thought it was a good idea (laughs) ikea christmas lights i love it i love this look it is such an underrated look the way they promote this movie I had no idea this look even existed until I watched it. And I was like, whoa. Right? What is this? It is so cool. Like, this is the big... It replaces... You know how most Disney princesses, they're getting married at the end? Yeah. I was like, well, she's not because she didn't need a man. Right. Well, she, she needed she needed her, her soldiers. But in reality, she didn't need <laughs> a man to help her. And she's not going to need a man to help her rule this kingdom. She can do it all on her own. And they just gloss right over this. I'm like, there's usually like a huge wedding sequence at the end with like a whole ball. <laughs> and I was just like, come on, Disney. No, and Mother Ginger is just like, oh, you go out and then, you know, help her back to her, her world. <laughs> right. They're like, let us get us get you back to your dad. But this is like a full on coronation look for me. It is yes. just. It is a good look. It is a beautiful look. Uh, Spencer, and that brings us to the end of the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. <laughs> what did you think of the movie, Elizabeth? I thought it was so much fun. It's so cute. 
and like it's cute and beautiful and i wish it's it's under two hours which was shocking to me i'm like i wish we could have spent a little more time developing the story but quite frankly all eyes were on the costumes yeah i mean i thought this movie like the story was kind of like bleh to me but visually the costumes carried this movie costumes and hair and mm-hmm. makeup. Like, this is a visually stunning, perfect movie. Story, whatever. But, like I said, hey, maybe this is a story. All I, my only reference is this ve- talking vegetable movie about the Nutcracker. So, maybe we're right on track. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we should find a movie that, like, explains it better. Or maybe, <laughs> come, come visit me for Christmas. There are always theaters putting on productions of the Nutcracker. So, we, yeah. could, go, we could go watch the ballet. Maybe it will all make sense. <laughs> Although now that I'm thinking about it, ballets, they, they don't say anything, do they? We have to figure it all out ourselves. Oh, yeah. We have to this interpret the dance, Spencer. Help us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what we do know is how to play our favorite game. Elizabeth, are you ready? Yes. Hit it, Daniel. The one costume to rule them all. My one costume to rule them all is Clara's lavender ball gown from the beginning. Oh, yeah. I love how it transitions. I love what it says about Clara. And it's very true. Like, I feel like a lot of times when there's like a girl in a movie who like doesn't care about fashion and then has to dress up, I feel like they always make her look uncoordinated. But Jenny Bevan's right. She's like, she's from a rich family who's going to make sure she looks good. So she looks good. She looks coordinated. I love that Disney was like, you know, let's get some new colors in here. And it just works so well. I agree with you. It's such a good choice. And actually, up until 20 minutes ago, that was my one costume to rule them all. (laughs) (laughs) But I changed it at the last minute because... I had to go with that final like coronation look that Clara wears. When I saw lighting up, walking down, I was like, how has Disney not promoted this costume more? You know, I've seen every single costume from this film and exhibits. You know, I've I've even traveled to like Seattle and I saw all these costumes. Mm -hmm. They were at the Fido Museum. No mention of this light up costume. Disney, this is a incredible costume. It needs more publicity. This costume was breathtaking to me. And I was just blown away when I saw it, especially when I saw it start lighting up. Like, are you serious? This is, that's a great costume. So, um, but I will also, I hear you on the lavender look, though. That is just a stunning costume as well. It is. And I agree with you. Like, these are neck and neck. Yeah, I'm sticking with my lavender, but like the light up gown is a strong contender. Uh, you let us know which one you think was the one costume to rule them all. You can leave us a voicemail at a six, two, six, five, one, five, one, eight, two, six. Spencer, what are we watching next week? Well, next week, <laughs> next week is our final episode of the year. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Our season two finale, which feels crazy. And Elizabeth and I figured the best way to end our year is with a film that means a lot to a lot of us that we know the costume is going to be incredible. Designed by the Ruth Carter Wakanda yes! Forever. 
the sequel to Black Panther. Um, very excited to see it. I hope I'm able to watch it through my tears. I know. Uh, but you and I both know that the costumes for this are about to be bumping, bumping. I am so excited. You know, I don't cry often and I'm already like choking up at the trailers. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I gotta be prepared for this. It's going to be so good. But we just know like, uh, Ruth Carter goes crazy with these costumes. She does. Plus now we got like the Atlantean costumes. This is the perfect season finale. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you have some time to spare and want to check us out on Instagram, you can find us at The Art of Costume Pod on TikTok at The Art of Costume. If you want to hear an extra episode every single month, you can head to patreon.com slash The Art of Costume and become one of our costume mavens. If you want to show your support through some merchandise, you can head to theartofcostume.com slash podstore or... If you really, really love us and want to leave us a little five-star text review on Apple Podcasts, that would be incredibly appreciated. And thank you all so much for listening. And I hope you have a incredible Nutcracker holiday, whatever yes. that means. Like I said, we don't know what that means, but... <laughs> We're here for it. Yeah. Go go roast some some walnuts by an open fire. Go make some <laughs> gingerbread men. Go make some cookies. Yeah. Also, we did look up during our break what a sugar plum is. Not a fan. But if you're into that sort of thing, please go for it. Yeah. If if you if you like a like mixed fruit and nuts deal, <laughs> check out sugar plums. <laughs> See you all next week. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume for some bonus content. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. sugar plum a real thing yes traditional sugar plum candy is made of dried fruit and toasted with it, dried fruit and toasted nuts with warm spices rolled in sugar mm, I don't want that no they don't look they don't look terribly appetizing I'll be honest <laughs> all right you ready to jump into it yeah I didn't I didn't pause recording did you no Okay, Sorry, perfect. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel probably wanted to know what sugar plum is, too. <laughs> he definitely did. You did, Daniel. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll bring us in. Okay.